WA Country Cricket, it's all happening. Welcome to episode six, part A of Out on the Paddock. My name is Rob Marshall, and this is a podcast brought to you by the WA Country Cricket Board. A new year brings a new approach, and this year we're going to be splitting the podcast into two sections, part A and part B of each episode. Part A will feature all of the latest news and happenings in WA Country Cricket right across the state. And then a few days later, we'll be releasing part B, which will capture the journeys, the stories of the amazing people who make up the fabric of WA Country Cricket and have played their role in some part in the past. And that could include players, administrators, anybody who has played a significant role. We're really looking forward to hearing those stories and journeys. In this episode, we're going to be unpacking a whole heap of stuff that's been happening in recent times in country cricket. We're going to be looking at Senior Country Week and the results that have come out of the back end of that. Our Belt Up Country Cup has just wrapped up and we're going to give a wrap of that particular event. We'll look at how COVID is affecting WA Country Cricket just at the moment, the statewide T20 competition, the Nat Cup match, the David Nat Cup match, which is an annual event now on the WA Country Cricket calendar. Uh, We're going to be looking at the results of that from the recent match that was played and share a little bit of sadness also around that particular event. We also have on the country cricket calendar these days the veterans city versus country matches for the over 50s, 60s and 70s and we're going to share some recent results around those happenings as well. We're going to discuss a recent Masters Carnival announcement and also Country Week dates for the the coming season ahead. So stay tuned, grab a coldie, grab a cup of tea, whatever it might be, and sit back and enjoy episode six, part A of Out on the Paddock. Hey everyone, welcome to episode six, part A of Out on the Paddock. I'm Rob Marshall. Let's bring in Steve Phillippe to put a focus on all things WA country cricket at the moment. Steve, welcome to episode six of Out on the Paddock. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. Always happy to be part of what's proving to be a really, really popular podcast series. It is indeed. We, uh, we're we smashing the numbers out and I've got to call out the fact that uh, I think uh, the episode featuring Chris Waddingham might be leading the race at the moment uh, as to our number one uh, episode. But uh, I'd encourage everybody, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, the previous five, jump on and have a listen. I was talking to somebody the other day who said... Uh, they're not long enough, Rob. I'm out on the tractor for eight hours a day and it's just not enough to keep me going all day. So uh, we're, we're, we'll keep trying uh, to pump these out and make sure that you're invested in all things WA Country Cricket. Having said that, the last episode we had was just around the time Senior Country Week was wrapping up at the end of January. So I've got the results here to capture for, for history and for those who haven't maybe heard those results. Um, Really exciting country. We had great numbers again this year and pretty hot weather, but uh, certainly got through it and it was a, a fantastic event as it always has been for over 100 years now. So in our A section, the BDCA, the Bunbury and Districts Street Association, after a bit of a drought in winning uh, Senior Country Week in A section, finally uh, broke the ice, uh, eight for 327 and impressive innings on the, uh, the hallowed Wacker ground and uh, defeated Peel, who were all out for 122. We award a uh, player of the match uh, in the final of A section every year, which we refer to as the John Rutherford Medal. 
And uh, this year, the clear winner was Julian Credelli from the BDCA, who uh, in the final scored 116 and then uh, toted out a, a, a lazy three for 33, Steve, in a pretty impressive effort on the on the whacker. Been, yes. Been a uh, big time, uh, big year for the Credellis. Uh, Robbers will become evident the further we talk today, I'm sure. Absolutely, yes. It's definitely uh, a Credelli cricket season this year in uh, WA Country Cricket. In the B section... Uh, just uh, to completely um, monopolise country week this year, the BDCA number two team took out B section, scoring three for 108 and defeating Albany number two, who had previously in the first inning scored 107 all out. So well done to the BDCA taking out both A and B section, our premier sections, I guess you could say, at Senior Country Week this year. Not to diminish C section, because uh, a fantastic result in C section, especially for the North, with Newman scoring two for 215 and defeating Eastern Districts, who had scored eight for 214 in a cracking match. Um, Callum Howell... Uh, Callum Howe, sorry, uh, scored 111 in that final uh, out of the score of 215 and also went on to be announced as our Barry Shepherd medalist this year, the Barry Shepherd medal being the player of the tournament out of all of the grades at Country Week, regardless of which grade you play in. The only criteria being you, you need to play in a number one team to be awarded the Barry Shepherd medal and Callum uh, had an exceptional year. Not only did he take uh, wickets, uh, sorry, make heaps of runs, he took heaps of wickets as well. Uh, happens to be a pretty handy wicketkeeper just uh, quietly as well. So he was doing it all out there uh, this year at Senior Country Week. In the D section, uh, Port Hedland, just to... Uh, monopolise some victories from the northern end of Western Australia. Port Hedland, five for 234, defeated Peel number four, 126 not out. So a great win for the guys from up in Port Hedland and I know how much they love Country Week and big shout out to them, well done to them and uh, congratulations. And in E section, our winners were Esperance number two, um, whilst in F section, our winners were Fortescue. So rounded out, uh, when I look at it, uh, a country week that had plenty of winners from all around the state, Steve. And uh, I know that uh, you and the team, uh, headed up by Hazy in particular, have a huge week when it comes to senior country week. And I think this year, again, was another successful year. Yeah, right, Rob. Great to see the prominence from the northwest. And uh, I was particularly pleased to be able to present the E section medal to uh, Esperance, having played both junior and senior country week in my uh, long-distant path that, uh, for Esperance. So, yeah, it was great. And there's a few uh, people who's, uh, that I played with who had their, their, their children in that team. So it's just amazing how the generations flow on, isn't it? It, it does, and yeah, as you say, I mean, we I think we really celebrate. We celebrate every winner, but uh, teams like Esperance and Port Edland, Fortescue, Newman, they they try they, the investment to come to Senior Country Week every year is huge, absolutely massive, and to to put teams on the park that they can also then go back and proudly show off some. Country Week Gold, uh, I think, is a great result and uh, we, we celebrate all those winners that we just called out uh, in that section. The other, um, the other major thing that's just wrapped up um, is our Country Cup and it's been a really exciting end to that. We called it out in the, uh, the last episode that there were matches coming up on the 13th of February and then the final on the 27th of February. They have now been completed and, Steve, I know you've 
taken a very close uh, look at uh, what's happened in those matches and uh, you might want to give us a bit of a wrap-up for the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Uh, certainly, uh, let's acknowledge uh, the sponsors first and foremost, Belt Up. Um, quite ironic, we did some, some maths around the, the travel involved in the tournament this year and the Invitation 11 clocked up more than 25,000 kilometres on the road in their four fixtures and over 9,000 kilometres in the air. So um, Belt Up's a pretty important sponsor and a pretty relevant sponsor for people playing country cricket. It's, it's important that guys uh, you know, do the right things on the roads, both uh, belting up and not driving tired and not drinking and driving. And, uh, yeah, it was just interesting to see those numbers. And... Um, it was, um, yeah, it was another great tournament, one that's had, uh, had everything coming into round three with all four teams able to make the finals and two absolutely fantastic round three games. I witnessed one. You can certainly talk about the other one. And then, and then uh, the final, which uh, has just culminated as well. Yeah, absolutely. The the game that you've referenced that I went to was at Harvey on the 13th of February between Albany and the BDCA. And one of the strangest matches I think I've ever been to in that a team in the in the form of Bunbury, I, I would say dominated probably 80 or 90% of the match and still lost. Uh, it, was a, it was a really strange match. It was an exciting match and it was a really good match to watch on a, on a, a really good wicket in Harvey. Um, on a good ground with um, great facilities. But, yeah, Albany just found a way and it was at, on the back end. We mentioned the Cradelli name. It was on the back of Nathan Cradelli, who uh, out of a score of 150 batting first, Albany um, batting first, Nathan scored um, 99 not out. He was a bit unfortunate. He was on 98 not out with one ball to go and mistimed a, a cut shot that didn't get past point and they scrambled a single to finish 99 not out. But a phenomenal effort to score 99 not out out of a score of 150. And then Bunbury would just seem to be ambling along and I think most of us thought that they would overcome that fairly easily. But Albany, again... Um, just found a way and Bunbury just kind of just didn't make it. And uh, in the end, uh, I think, I th- I'm pretty sure the result was around about 12 or 13 runs win to Albany. So it was a, it was a, a really hard-fought match for Albany and they, um, they, they deserved to win in the end because they just kept hanging in there and showed how if you do that, you can sometimes pull off a win that seems unlikely for most of the match. Yeah, the deeds of Nathan Cudelia were... Um incredible in that game and he has not surprisingly uh, carried that form on the, the, in the following game as well but I was at the Invitation 11 versus Peel we were lucky enough to play that at Lilac Hill number one and pretty similar Rob the um, Peel boys posted 226 for six on a pretty hot day and I thought probably be enough and um, that was a mainly from their captain Josh Rudge who carried his bat for 106 not out and Timmy Hutch was fantastic as well with a Quick 544 in the middle there. And then the country invitation team just sort of chipped away and the openers both got 20 and 30 and there were 340s through the middle and they just managed to find a way to, to get, get themselves past the total in the 49th over. So um, that set it up for a final between the Invitation 11 and Albany a fortnight later in what turned out to be um, Narragin where we decided that it was the most appropriate place to host that final. And how did that unfold? I know uh, it was a, a little bit difficult for the Invitational Eleven for various reasons to, to get their maybe complete squad together, but they still turned up with a very respectable team. How did that one unfold? 
Yeah, Narragin's just nice and uh, between Perth and Albany, so there was some logic to that. But we had some boys from Esperance and some, uh, one lad from Shark Bay and uh, from all over the place, Rob. So it was a really interesting logistical challenge to get the boys there. They had no excuses, but they won the toss on a very good wicket and had their chances. Mm. And uh, the Albany boys were just uh, too tight with the ball. Once again, uh, Credelli was led the way, getting some early wickets and coming back and taking some wickets through the middle. So he got four for 21 off his 10. Um, Charlie Walters picked up two for 19 off, off his five overs. And, and then uh, Lincoln Joy, young leg spinner, who's ironically played previously for the Invitation 11 when he was playing in the Upper Great Southern. He's now playing in the Albany comp. So he went round for Albany and he picked up three for 11 to route the Invitation 11 for 108 runs, which was pretty obvious to everyone. It wasn't going to be enough right from the start. And so uh, this year we announce Albany as the winners of this year, uh, the 2021-22 Belt Up Country Cup, which uh, is a great result for them. I think um, I think they were a little bit disappointed with not going further at Senior Country Week in A section this year with, with what's been a good squad for a few years now. So I think it's a great result that they've been able to do that. And on the back end of their, their win in Harvey, I think... Um, They've they've proven that they are the the best and most resilient team this year, and so congratulations definitely goes to them, and a big shout out to the guys out at Narragin for putting on the event yesterday. We really appreciate it. A lot of effort goes into uh, that wicket out there in particular. I was fortunate enough, Steve, to play there a couple of weeks ago in a in a invitational match, the Old Dogs versus the New Guns. Um, got, had a game there with uh, no less than players like Brad Hogg and Rocket Ford and a few other legends of WA country cricket um, and was able to enjoy uh, how good that turf wicket is. It's a beauty out there. And uh, well done to the, the new guns who knocked us old dogs off. Uh, they uh, were clearly too good for us on the day. Let's um, move into the next thing that we're going to have a look at. Clearly, there's uh, a few developing things happening with COVID um, and we're about to to experience a, a bit more of uh, it in the coming months, we are told. How, from your opinion, or in your opinion, is that affecting WA country cricket right now, Steve? Yeah, it's a really good question, Robert. Depending on who you talk to, the, uh, the answers are a little bit different, but I think it's fair to say that um, every competition is being impacted. There's... Um, encroachment on, on the season and the likelihood of completing your season. So, you know, a lot of associations have been proactive in bringing their, their season forward or shortening their qualifying games or putting their finals on consecutive days and so forth. So there's been a, a different solution to every association. As you know, we've got 40-plus associations out there in country WA. So um, mm. that's just senior level. So... Um, I applaud the associations that have been uh, looking at this. As I say, they've all done it their own way, but they've all taken into account their their philosophy for their own comp, the, the, the local issues, the local challenges. That you know, they've had an eye on the the um, rising case numbers, and they've they've just tried to find that right balance that suits their their community and and get gets everybody coming away feeling like. Um, the eventual outcome for the season will, will be justified and the appropriate teams will be rewarded with uh, with grand final victories if, if they can get another, well, one, one two weeks maybe. In some cases, uh, they're all done and dusted. So it's been a really interesting watch. And um, as we know, you know, WA is not exactly, um, you know, from, from Esperance to Exmouth, it's not exactly um, 
the same, so you can't expect that the um, solutions are going to look the same either. Yeah, and, and that's what I think is, is starting to evolve is that each association is taking into consideration where their situation is at right now, and I think that's really wise and certainly uh, uh, support that um, here in Cricket Southwest or down in the southwest of WA, um, most of the associations have taken the stance to move their se- bring their seasons forward by two or three weeks. Uh, in fact, all the all the associations now in the Cricket Southwest region have done that, and most will be winding up either next weekend or the following weekend. Um, certainly, I've been involved in some BD, BDCA Junior Association matches. We had a grand final yesterday uh, that wrapped up junior cricket a month earlier than what it normally would do, and there was a general feeling from everybody that it was the right thing to do, and um, we can... Uh, now uh, honour a winner rather than two years ago, Steve. We had a scenario where a lot of associations had to wrap up at the last second without the opportunity to to complete those obligations of finals. So uh, I'm sure none of us wanted that ever to happen again. It was very unfortunate. You're right, Rob, and there's there's further developments um, for for people. So we just encourage people to to listen to the latest updates from from government and from the sports industry and from the WACA as well. And as I say, there's there's now um, impending level two restrictions from uh, early March that will be kicking in for four weeks. And um, that's going to mean more restrictions for community sport. They can still go ahead, but it goes ahead with some some pretty strong caveats around uh, spectators and all sorts of things. So we just encourage everyone to to make sure they're across the latest um, government expectations and requirements in in, in those matters. Yeah, great call. And, yeah, we definitely encourage everyone to keep an eye on that and we'll certainly try and keep everybody up to date as much as we can in the coming weeks and months. The statewide T20 competition, Steve, is is still planned to go ahead. There's been some rearranging with that as well. Do you want to explain to the listeners what's happened there? Yeah, great annual tournament, one that's um, growing and uh, really capturing the imagination of our, our more elite community players. So that tournament's been brought forward from the original date, which was at the uh, early part of April. And that date was really around getting a venue on the WACA and getting, getting the opportunity to play on the WACA. And then fortuitously, we were able to move it forward to, to the weekend, uh, the long weekend in March and able to get both men's and women's games on the WACA. And in fact, we've been able to get a women's day on the Sunday and then onto the Monday long weekend public holiday, we've got the, the men's game, the men's final. So it's uh, it's actually turned out to be probably better than we planned and um, maybe a good template for how we might run this uh, this event for both men's and women's moving forward. So we'd encourage everybody, if you're in the metro area on that long weekend, uh, depending on when you uh, hear this podcast, of course, it may well have been gone by the time you hear this, but if you get the opportunity prior to that, um, prior to this pod, uh, that weekend, make sure you try and get along and support um, our uh, that that particular event as Steve said it's a it's it's one that continues to grow and gives opportunity for our the best of the best in WA country cricket to compete against other stakeholders and um, and teams that are of a, a similar level perhaps you could say um, we also have just managed to sneak through our annual Nat Cup match uh, which was played on Sunday the 20th of February 
Um, this features, for those who aren't aware or not sure what the Nat Cup, the David Nat Cup match is, it's a, a match that's been played for over a decade now, or just on a decade, believe it or not, Steve, um, and it features the WA Country Colts versus the WA Country Masters, which is effectively um, country players who are 40 or over. Um, and in this particular match, the, the WA Country Masters scored nine for 244. This was played at Stevens Reserve on the uh, 20th of Feb. And uh, they defeated the Country Colts 117 all out. Now, this was significant for the Masters because it's their first win since uh, a pretty famous Tide match played back in 2014. I was involved in that match. It was an absolute cracker. Went down to, obviously, the last ball. And... Um, at that point, the Masters had won the first two of the Nat Cup matches the previous two years and then the Tide match and then there was a drought while the Colts won the next six. So in 10 years of competition, the Colts have now won six of the, the David Nat Cup. The Masters have won three and there's been one tie. And, of course, we had to uh, unfortunately call it off last year due to some little things around a lockdown around the time of uh, last year's event. But uh, very special event this year, Steve, because of the, um, the the cup, for those who aren't aware, is named after an amazing person in WA country cricket, somebody who's contributed, especially out in the goldfields for a long, long period of time in administration of Goldfield, the Goldfields Cricket Association or the Eastern Goldfields Cricket Association. Also... Um, heavily involved with the WA Country Cricket Board and was literally one of the prime movers behind the WA Country Colts for a very long time as a selector and manager and then more latter days as a scorer. And I'm referring, of course, to David Natt, who sadly passed away during January and um, probably just gave this year's Nat Cup match a little bit more emphasis than it probably normally would do. But, uh, Steve, I know you were there and um, the importance of that match continues to grow, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right, uh, Rob. Um, Natty's been a, a legend in country cricket for more than four decades with his administrative skills and, and influence and generosity around sponsoring Colts and, and supporting country players' ability to get as far as they can with their cricket. So it was really nice to... Well, I think I've been to every game that, that they've had. Um, it was really nice to be there. It was, it was, it was, it was a bit different because David's always scoring, as you know, and um, this, was, this wasn't going to be the case this year, but... Um, I did, uh, it's funny how things work out, I did spend some time on the last Colts game talking to the boys when, when they finished up their their round, their fourth game against Scarborough at Abbott Park and, and David was there and I just spent a bit of time telling the boys about David and his background and why that why he was involved and, and we were talking to them about the Nat Cup game that was coming up. So uh, it's just ironic how you you do things at times and then um, things, things play out the way they do. But uh, yeah, very sad. Um, upbeat funeral and some really great uh, people that from particularly the Goldfields at the funeral and um, yeah it's um, celebrated his life which is uh, something that uh, he always came to life at Country Week time didn't he? He did. It was uh, one of the stranger things to, to not see him wandering around the ground, especially at Junior Country Week with his uh, two little dogs that he would uh, come along to. And that was the thing. He didn't necessarily have any family involved in Junior Country Week or Senior Country Week towards the back end, and yet he would barely miss a match. And he was uh, somebody who uh, we all highly valued in WA Country Cricket and will, he will be sadly missed. The same weekend... As the Nat Cup match, um, in fact, on the other ground, in one instance, 
uh, saw the the what is now also annual city versus country matches in over 50s, over 60s and over 70s uh, as part of the new WA Veterans um, Stakeholder Group. And uh, there was some exciting cricket played on that weekend as well uh, in the over 50s Division 1 match at Stevens Reserve on the other ground from the, the Nat Cup match. Um, WA Country, 202 all out, defeated the city, 175 all out in a very uh, close run match. And the significance of that is uh, that's the WA Country's first win against the city in four attempts, as far as we know. Not not as far as we know, I know, because I've played in all of them. So there you go. But uh, a great moment for WA Country to finally get over the top of uh, a pretty pretty impressive and powerful city team. Uh, there was a Division 2 game also played at Burrandar in a close fought match. The city reversed the roles, uh, reser- uh, reversed the uh, result rather, and defeated the country in the Division 2 of the over 50s. Whilst in the over 60s, WA Country 7 for 214, defeated the city team 9 for 147 out at Scotch College on, they tell me, some magnificent grounds and, and wickets out there because alongside them, the over 70s played and WA Country also defeated the city. So generally, Steve, it was a good weekend for WA Country and the old blokes from the Masters right through to the 50s, 60s and 70s. There was some uh, wins there against, uh, in this case, our city cousins, and uh, I know there was a lot of excitement and a fantastic event too, Steve, and I'll get you to just talk a little bit about uh, the event that happened uh, after that uh, at Stevens Reserve. Yeah, thanks, Rob. It'd be remiss not to acknowledge the great work that Stevens Reserve did in hosting a function for all of those Masters players. Um, they, like many of uh, teams around Australia, have missed out on the opportunity to play state cricket and uh, tour for, and represent their state on uh, over interstate tours. So the games were played and then everyone was hubbed back to Stevens Reserve as a way to bring bring that fraternity together and acknowledge that, that they're an important part of, of cricket and, and just give them an opportunity to, to, to get together and mix across the ages and across the, the country metro arrangements as well and it was really really good there's a great venue it's got great you know ventilation and there's plenty of space there right through the clubhouse right across the front there out through under the trees and you know the the club did a great job hosting an event which was probably 150 plus people and they fed them all and and certainly it was no problems everyone getting a quiet drink and um reminiscing and uh yeah, everyone got a chance to remind, remember how how much better they used to be, Rob, than they probably were. <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, oh, there's plenty of that goes on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I was I was celebrating the fact that clearly my better days were uh, some time ago and not then. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right, and 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 a shout out to. We've got a, uh, there is a new chair of WA Veterans Cricket, Noel Raymond, who did a, a great job in, in bringing a lot of that together. And uh, certainly if you're listening in on this podcast and you are in that sort of 40s, 50s, 60s demographic and you're thinking your cricket career is done and finished, I can assure you it's not. There is a very vibrant program um, that has built up over the last, well, probably going back if I can call it out to the commencement of of Masters cricket in WA country uh, 10, 12 years ago, as I mentioned. And um, it's, it's, it's growing, it's vibrant. And if you're listening and you want to get involved, please reach out to me or, or through WA, the country unit at WA Cricket, uh, Steve or Andrew Hayes, and uh, we can point you in the direction of where you can uh, tag into to veterans cricket. It's, it's something that is really, really on, highly on the move. Just uh, bringing that 
conversation though to a close in a, in a somewhat sad announcement um, and some people may be aware of this or may not be but uh, very, very sad announcement. We've uh, recently, the WA Country Cricket Board has met and one of the uh, decisions uh, that was made at that particular meeting was to make a call on the, the annual Masters Carnival played in the first weeks of April every year and has been, again, played uh, down in the southwest of WA for the last 10 years. Um, the Country Cricket Board weighed up all the forecasting of what's going to happen around uh, expected case numbers to peak around that time with the WA health advice that we've been given. Um, and whilst the delegates absolutely did not want to call it off, it was as reluctant as they could, as you could get. It was felt that there was really no other decision to make in the end. Uh, we were already hearing at the moment about team capacities being compromised with uh, players having to sit out due to close contact uh, other uh, uh, and even COVID itself and it was felt that the integrity of the competition could be well and truly uh, gazumpted, I suppose, if uh, we got closer to the event and teams just simply had to pull out. And uh, we'd already had communication from a number of teams that they were at best doubtful to be able to compete this year, whilst others were very, very keen to still compete. And we understand the, the disappointment that uh, some have uh, provided to us, Steve, uh, in that decision. And I want to just <laughs> evidence the fact that nobody... Nobody on this planet is more disappointed than me. Uh, I, I've literally lived and, and drunk that competition, you might say, for the last uh, 10 years, and it's uh, very much part of my DNA and, and many others that have put a lot of time and effort into that. Uh, we, we also analyse the fact that a number of local clubs down here in the southwest that already uh, indicated to us that due to the fact that uh, COVID has caused a number of the local competitions to be brought forward, as we referenced earlier, that many of those clubs had already made the decision to take a really rare opportunity to do some work on their turf pitches over the, the month, over the weeks of March, which would have meant that we wouldn't have had those pitches available anyway if we had proceeded with the competition, which would have been very disappointing. One of the highlights of the competition is that virtually every game since we've started has been played on turf. Um, and Hard wickets are very strangely limited down here in the southwest. Um, it also became clear to us that uh, current limits on numbers at gatherings meant that the Saturday night dinner, now we've said for 10 years now that uh, the competition is great, but I think we come more for the uh, the socialising, you might call it, Steve, um, is the gathering of those uh, those uh, older gentlemen uh, to come to come together and basically the advice we had would be that that event wouldn't be able to proceed with the sort of numbers that we were expecting. This year we were expecting as many as 24 to 26 teams. Uh, we just continue to get record numbers to that particular carnival. So very disappointing. Uh, we're all uh, extremely sad about that and uh, unfortunately we've fallen victim again to to things that we can't necessarily control, um, but certainly the plan is to come back bigger and better next season and we'll be already starting to think about next year's carnival and we'll be announcing some dates on that traditionally always as close to the end of March, early April as we can get. We'll uh, definitely in future episodes of Out on the Paddock put a focus on those dates, Steve. Uh, didn't know if, don't know if you want to make a few comments there. 
in regards to that? No, I think you've covered it well. There's, there's no doubt it's, it's very close to your heart, Rob. Um, you obviously named the, the, the Winners' Cups, named after your dad and in recognition of all the things that he's done for country cricket over the years. And, um, you know, Dave Hutch and Graham Sly and the like, um, yeah, these guys invest a lot in this event and have done. And, um, yeah, you know, I feel for those guys, but I think the, the board's made the right decision being responsible and... Um, yeah, let's just uh, focus on, on the next one and, and make it bigger and better than, than anyone we've had before. Absolutely. And talking of dates, um, we've recently announced on Facebook, if you're not following WA Country Cricket on Facebook, we recommend that you jump on and, and do that. Um, but for those who perhaps haven't seen it so far or, or haven't invested in uh, Facebook uh, in regards to that yet, we've recently uh, announced next season's Country Week dates. So I'll hand over to Steve to, to call those out. Yeah, Rob, similar to the most recently conducted Country Week, we're going to put the Country Weeks back to back to back, which which has its challenges delivering it, but it, it certainly has some appeal to country people travelling into the city and it's been really good from a media perspective to be able to put a shine a light on country cricket in a compact period of the season. So for 2023, the Junior Country Week will be the 9th to the 13th of January finishing on the Friday. Senior Country Week kicks off straight away that Sunday on the 15th through to the 20th. And then Women's Country Week will be the 21st. So starting the day after Senior Country Week finishes through to the 24th of January. And interestingly, the Women's uh, Tournament now switches from Geraldton into the Southwest. And the BDCA will be um, hosting that tournament for at least the next two seasons. Yeah, and, and there seems to be a little bit of a feeling that that's how it will unfold for the next uh, few years with the incredible growth of the Women's Country Week, which has gone from strength to strength uh, thanks to Geraldton and its hosting, that there may be some opportunities for other op- uh, associations to put their hand up. But uh, the BDCA have definitely done that for the next few years at least, and then we'll see where that lands. But uh, really excited about where Women's Country Week is headed and uh uh, the growth of that just is phenomenal. So, look, basically that's a bit of a wrap for WA Country Cricket at the moment. Uh, we, we had a fair bit to get through there, Steve, so thanks for, uh, for, for joining me today and allowing us to unpack that. That was a, a fairly comprehensive list of things at a busy time of the season, of course, and there's still a bit to happen left in this season of 2021-22. We hope that uh, COVID won't uh, affect it too much more before uh, competitions in particular around regional WA get the end results that I'm sure everybody's really hoping for. So, Steve, thanks for joining me again today. Uh, we're going to slip into part B of um, this episode and I, 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 we've got uh, the master blaster himself from uh, from previous many years of uh, amazing WA country cricket, a former WA country cricket 11 captain, uh, somebody who also played for the Australian country 11, a name that I think many will recognise as soon as I say it and that's Glenn Deering. Glenn's going to be joining us in part B of episode 6. And we're putting a little bit of a focus on, due to the Belt Up Country Cup just recently completing, a famous match that happened in uh, Country Cup history. We're going to be talking a fair bit about that over the next few episodes. And I think some might already have a hint into that. But we won't do too many spoilers, Steve. Join us in part B of episode six. And thanks for joining us today again on Out on the Paddock. No problem, George. My pleasure.